Welcome to the Coleman Joe Show episode. <laughs> I don't even know what episode we're on. It has been quite the long time. Yeah, it has been a very long time since we last uh, recorded an episode. It was like week five, um, but we've been we've just been a little bit busy. We've got, we've got quite I have I've had quite the busy uh, last weeks, and we just haven't been able to find a time to record. Sadly, it's been it's been quite uh, I'm not sure disappointing is the correct adjective to use, but it's been, it has not been the same. I, I, I enjoy our recording time and being able to talk over the NFL weeks, and we have not been able to do so, but we're able to run it back this week. This will be week seven. This is, uh, it's technically Saturday right now, but uh, it's yeah, basically but Friday. It's basically, yeah, it's 12-12. It's pretty much Friday. Yeah, so... Yeah, we're going to be going over that stuff, going over some of the news. I don't know how intensive we're going to be going over it, because at this point, there is kind of a lot of stuff that goes on. But um, Colton's, <laughs> yeah. Colton's the news caretaker, so we'll see what he what he did. I'm always down for it. Um, and with that, with that being said, why don't we just get into the normal, why don't we just get in the groove of things? How was your, how was the, the time in between our last recordings? How have you been doing? Um... Like fifty fifty, um, <laughs> you know I've uh, so I've been just you know we, we're getting into the groove of things with school. Um, we're getting back into the basketball season, easing back into it. So we've been having open gyms a little bit more frequently. I've been having the basketball practice a little bit more. Uh, been spending all the weekends uh, up at my girlfriend's house. And that's been nice. But then this past week, um, as Joe knows, I I'm down with COVID right now. Um, I tested positive for COVID. Um. I've been sitting in the same room for like four straight days. Um, it's pretty rough. Um, I'm not feeling the greatest, but you know what? The Coleman Joe Show grind. It just, you know, it's just something comes over me. You know, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, you gotta get, gotta get the grind in here. But um, you just overall, keep pushing. Yes, overall it's been pretty fun. Enjoyed uh, again. The NBA season has come back since uh, the last time we recorded. My Bulls start are starting off four and one on the year. Um, so I've been enjoying watching some winning basketball. Uh, Steelers have been, you know, getting a couple of wins the past couple of weeks. So I've been enjoying watching some football, watching some basketball. Um, just having having a good couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have. I mean, to 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 the same extent, I've had a lot of homework going on, you know. But I'm I'm still grinding out. Cross country season ended just uh, just yesterday, and um, so that's over and done with. I was just kind of chilling out today. I'll be back in the lab tomorrow, probably doing some sort of exercise. But um, other than that, you know, just grinding out school, tests, homework, you know, the normal stuff. Just kind of uh, chilling. Yeah, well, I'm Pacers, <laughs> Pacers are one in five, so I am not as lucky. <laughs> uh, <to laughs> the Pacers are, are suffering without Karis right now. Karis LeVert needs to come back and come back quick because uh, – we're we're lacking we're lacking a little bit of or we're lacking a lot right now <laughs> but you know pay, you know I'm I don't not I like the Pacers I do like the Pacers a lot but uh, I don't get to watch the games as much so it's not like the Steelers like the Steelers I'm uh, very invested in the Steelers wins and losses I watch the games I um keep track with the NFL for this and for my own personal uh, enjoyment. But it's like it's more like the Steelers are a little bit more serious. When the Steelers lose, I'm a little bit more sad than when the Pacers lose. So it's not like the end of the world. Uh, unlike when the Steelers or the Steelers were like 
suffering for a couple of weeks there. That was like, oh, I was like, oh man, that's tough. But now we're on this two two game win streak. We're kind of on a roll, going up against the Cleveland Browns this week, and uh, should be a pretty good game. Rivalry true. game, of course. True, true. Um, so I guess it's time for the first time in many weeks to get into the news. Um, and there's a lot of it's been three weeks. There was so much news. I, I condensed a lot of it. Um, a lot of the news that we had previously is like over. Like it was like, oh, this player's hurt. This player's out. This player's on the IR. And it's been three weeks and they're off the IR. So um, I did. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that I had to take out. So um, we're going to start off with a piece of news. We, we talked about the, um, the Urban Meyer stuff a little bit last episode. And then since then, there was. Some stuff for the different coach, um, the the Vegas head coach John Gruden, uh, who we all know and love, or I guess loved. <laughs> Did not <loved>. love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I love anymore. I guess to get canceled, but um, he's resigning as the Vegas head coach after there was a lot of different um, leaks about some things that he had said in emails. There was some things that you know, some jokes that he made that may have been racist, may have been homophobic. Um, there were there were a lot of. Uh, not so good jokes that he was making to, to like Raiders owners and stuff and upper management. Um, and that came out and obviously, especially when you're um, the head coach of the team that contains the only um, openly <laughs> gay player in the NFL, you can't really be saying that stuff. And yeah, so Gruden resigned um, and, and it was rough to see because he's actually a good coach. Um, I think we can all acknowledge that this is just obviously a second stint as the Raiders head coach um and he you know he's an he's a lovable guy you know we all he's a personality for sure um he's one of the more interesting guys in the nfl um and he is being replaced by uh assistant coach rich uh Bisaccia, um for for the time being as an interim head coach so john green's out what are we thinking yeah it's it was kind of unexpected it all came and came out at once well you know we're not going to go over the emails one by one that's kind of um that was there, there was a lot that he said. If you guys want to want to know about it, you can go look it up yourself. But yeah. definitely stuff that is is not appropriate for today's uh, society. Maybe, I mean, like that's the thing is, like ten years ago, um, like some of the stuff was not as bad to say. Like you wouldn't, it's not as like wouldn't have been like a serious thing. Ten years ago, might have been uh, less um, ridiculed. But then some of the stuff was like pretty was like actually pretty bad. <laughs> that like that's some that's some serious uh, level of level of uh, speech. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it's fair. It is, but it is kind of tough because that's a that's a coach. He's been in the league for a long time. He's been, um, yeah, he's been a kind of a like a meme generator of sorts. He says so much funny stuff. He makes funny faces. He's just kind of, yeah, like that personality, like you say. So it's kind of sad, like, to see him go, but it's fair. Like, you make mistakes and, yeah, tell, you know, but it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll look back at Gruden, and sadly, his the things he said will tarnish his legacy as one of the more interesting guys in, like, NFL history, to be honest. Like, one of the more interesting guys in my NFL knowledge, like, he just kind of, uh, you know, it's not the same anymore. Yeah, true, true. So, um, moving on, we now have 
<clears throat> this is going to be the only injury that I have on here that's not a season-ending one, just because most of the ones that um, weren't season-ending are over at this point by the time I had written them. And this is one that just happened this week. Philadelphia is placing running back Miles Sanders on the injury reserve. Um, <clears throat> he's been hampered down with injury for a couple weeks. He he got the least amount of workload of the three uh, Philadelphia running backs last week, actually. Um, Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell both got more snaps than, than Mel Sanders did. So um, but he'll be on the IR. He'll be out for at least three weeks. So Yeah. Um and yeah, then my... you go, you go. No, I was I was just I wasn't gonna say anything important. <laughs> okay. Um basically now we have an insane amount of season many injuries. Um <laughs> like a lot. Um we have Juju Smith-Schuster, Steelers wide receiver, is out for the year with a shoulder injury. Um, he's obviously a gritty guy. Their number one receiver, it's going to be Deon- or James Washington moving into the starting lineup alongside Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson now. Um, Ronnie Stanley for Baltimore is out for the season. He's having ankle surgery. He was out for all of last season as well. Um, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL when he's healthy, and that and that's just a team – in Baltimore that's already leading the NFL and, and players on the injury reserve um, just get their number one offensive lineman out for the season as well. That's really rough. Um, <clears throat> Julian Blackman, second-year safety for the Indianapolis Colts, out for the season with the torn Achilles, one of the better players on that Colts defense that was so stout last season. Um, that's going to be really rough because he's, he's a really versatile guy. He can kind of play all over the field for them. Jabril Peppers, one of my favorite players, um, safety for the New York Giants, out for the season. He tore his ACL. Um, they kind of had a log jam a little bit at the safety position between him, Logan Ryan, and uh, Xavier McKinney. Um, so it's probably going to be Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney from now on, uh, starting. Jabril Peppers is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Um, it looks like he's probably going to be on the move. Um, he was one of my favorite players in that 2017 draft. I love this dude. Um, another versatile guy that can kind of do it all. Frank Ragnow, center for the Detroit Lions, is out for the season with a toe injury. Um, a top three center in the NFL, in my opinion, uh, really rough for them. But when you're on a team like Detroit and you're really not vying for a playoff spot for any, any you know, in any measure, it's kind of, I would, I understand, you know, taking all any, any precaution necessary um, for sure yeah. with that. Um, two more here. They both just happened this week. JJ Watt um, of the Cardinals is out for the season, most likely with a shoulder injury. <clears throat> um, he, he had some crazy, like, the second quarter. He, like, like tore, like, four different things in his shoulder and finished out the game. Um, it was nuts. They ended up winning the game. Um, uh, they were 7-0 and at the time after this game. And, yeah, J.J. Watt's going to be out for the season, which is rough. He's been hampered down with injury the past two to three years. It's just really rough to see, you know, when the staples of the NFL just a few seasons ago just be – so hampered down with injury these past couple of years. Um, and then the last one just happened, uh, just was just announced today, actually, or I guess technically yesterday. But Robert Tanyan, tight end for the Green Bay Packers, is going to be out for the season as well with a torn ACL, which is rough. Packers, obviously, one of the NFL's best teams, one of the, <coughs> one of the NFL's best offenses. Um, and Robert Tanyan was really a breakout guy for them last year really broke out as a tight end, um, just established himself as the starter as he came into the season not being the starter. Um, and you're established himself as a fringe top 10 tight end in the NFL, and he's going to be out for the season. So that, that, that's so many season-ending injuries, and you really hate to see it. I'll just recap. Juju Smith-Schuster, 
Ronnie Stanley, Julian Blackman, Jabril Peppers, Frank Ragno, J.J. Watt, and Robert Tanyan all out for the season. Yeah, like this is across a couple of weeks. So it's not like they all just happen right away. It is still tough to see, though. I'm not going to try to get into all those names. Um, but obviously, tough to see. Yeah. Um, next, we have some extensions. Uh, we have a decent bit of them. Obviously, because it's been three weeks, <laughs> we have the New York Jets extending uh, their breakout player, John Franklin Myers, for four years, $55 million. If you watch Yo Boy Pizza at all, you know about John Franklin Myers. Um, <laughs> I, I don't watch him too much, but I watch his franchise videos because um, I enjoy watching franchises. <clears throat> he does like a 32-man franchise, and he <clears throat> he was the Jets, and... He's always talking about John Franklin Myers. But uh, Buffalo is extending their cornerback to Taron Johnson for three years, $24 million. And those are the only two extensions we have, actually. They're not, I don't know why I said there were a bunch of extensions. <laughs> <coughs> um, we have John Franklin Myers and Taron Johnson. And then I was kind of grouping in with the trades. Um, we have three trades. We have the big one that we all know uh, that we've talked about. Zach Ertz is officially traded from Philly. There's been talks all offseason after Dallas Goddard really broke out last season while Zach Ertz was injured. There's talks, you know, was Zach Ertz going to get traded? Is he, is he not? They're running a two tight end thing for the first, you know, half the season. <clears throat> he gets traded to Arizona for Tay Gowan corner and a 2022 fifth round pick. Um, Ertz, obviously, just a really nice veteran tight end. Go, going to Arizona, where tight end was like the position of weakness on the team. Obviously, their starting tight end was Max Williams, um, and that was just kind of a position of weakness for them. And they go out and trade for Zach Ertz, who made an immediate impact, having a touchdown in his first game. Um, <clears throat> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Philadelphia also traded Joe Flacco to the New York Jets for a 2022 sixth-round pick. <coughs> I apologize for the coughing. Obviously, I still have COVID, uh, as I mentioned. Um, <laughs> Flacco signed there, and then they traded for Gardner Minshew like, uh, before the season started. <clears throat> and obviously, now Jalen Hurts goes down. Um, I think we all kind of expected Minshew to step into the role anyway. So they trade Flacco back to the place where he was last season, the New York Jets, where he's probably going to be the starter come next week because um, Zach Wilson is hurt for, for the next couple weeks. They started Mike White this this game and it did not work out well at all. Um, so it looks like Flacco right, probably step into this starting role. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And then Houston is trading uh, Mark Ingram back to the New Orleans Saints for a, a late round pick. Um, <clears throat> Ingram spent most of his career with the Saints, reuniting with uh, Alvin Kamara where they were Pro Bowl teammates just a few years back, and then Ingram went to be a starter for Baltimore during Lamar Jackson's MVP season and then went to Houston. Um, Houston actually came out and said, that, like, if anybody else was would have called about Mark Ingram, they would have said no. But since it was New Orleans and they, like, they said out of respect for Mark Ingram, they decided to, like, let him choose if he wanted to stay or if he wanted to go to New Orleans. And he, he wanted to get back to New Orleans. So he's reuniting with Alvin Kamara, who could really use a running back, too, because – uh, Latavius Murray's gone, and they are doing really rough in terms of running back, too. So um, extensions for John Franklin Myers, extension for Taron Johnson, and then uh, Zach Ertz to the Cardinals, Joe Flacco to the Jets, Mark Ingram to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Ertz actually, like, had, he, he was like, what was it? He was something about, like, 
he was the only tight end to catch a touchdown in back-to-back games on different teams or something like that. Yeah, I did see that. He's, so they just the like, are going to the Hall of Fame for it. Yeah. That's cool, but I didn't know that was something. I didn't. What is in the? Is there just? I want to go to the Hall of Fame in Canton sometime, because those, if they take stuff like that, there's got to be like just a butt ton of random like stuff like that. And I think that'd actually just be cool to see. But I've never <laughs> made it is. to Canton yet to see the the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I haven't either. I I really want to go someday. As do I, but. For now, I like, I'll have to. My man Antonio Brown, his gloves are up in there like eight times for like eight different random obscure <laughs> records. Yeah. But um, so those are the trades we have. We have a couple of players that have requested trades. Um, <clears throat> two players specifically. We have Melvin Ingram from the Steelers. Um, he actually the first couple of weeks of the season was causing havoc. He was amazing the first couple of weeks of the season, and um. He he's trading requesting the trade from Pittsburgh because of lack of playing time. Obviously, we we knew <coughs> that T.J. Watt was going to be the main guy in Pittsburgh, and then there was kind of a bit of a question mark: um, Melvin Ingram or Alex Highsmith. We both, as Steelers fans, kind of knew that they were going to go with Highsmith. I guess Melvin Ingram thought differently, and now that they're kind of going with Highsmith and giving him the majority of the reps, Ingram wants to go somewhere else. Um, reportedly, the Chiefs are interested. The Chiefs have an offer on the table, but Pittsburgh uh, prefers to trade him to the NFC, or all the reports I'm hearing. Um, not sure about that one. And Deshaun Jackson um, of the <clears throat> Rams is requesting a trade. They've mutually agreed to seek a trade. Um, we, he, we, coming into the season, we kind of expected him to be the wide receiver three, and even early on, like week one, he had a really nice like 60-yard touchdown. And he hasn't seen the field much since then. They've been starting Van Jefferson in his place. And then rookie Tutu Atwell is kind of taking some of his snaps as well. So he's kind of really fallen down in the depth chart a lot. So he's just not seeing the field a lot. We know even at his – he's 34 years old. Even at his older age, he's still got absolute wheels. Yeah, he's still, he can still really move. He can so yeah, he just dust he people. Can definitely crazy. Him somewhere. Oh, yeah. So Melvin Ingram, Sean Jackson, yeah, requesting trades. What are we thinking? Melvin Ingram is just so random. He knew when he was coming to Pittsburgh, he had to, he had to know he was going to be the number three guy. And he's, like, thriving in that role. I don't know why he wants out. Hopefully, I really kind of hope the Steelers keep him because that's a good signing. He's a good piece to have. I don't even know who would come in. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I forget. I know what his. I know what he looks like. I don't know what his name is <laughs> off the top of my head. But um, hopefully, hopefully he'll stick around. Um, there's some. I can actually. I'd, I'd be. I could get behind a trade of. Uh, um. The guy in the Rams, <laughs> you just said his name, Deshaun Jackson. I could get behind a Deshaun Jackson trade just because he is an exciting player. He's uh, an OG of the league, a veteran. It'd be kind of sweet to see him play, like, I don't know, just on a, like on a contending team, like just ship him off to the Chiefs or something like that <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. Like, I, like, I'd like to see him succeed, but um, yeah, pretty basic. True. We'll see if any of those trades come <clears throat> true or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be uh, the last piece of news here that we have. And finally, we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. It's a little bit late, um, but our week seven um, analysis. It's a little bit late. Week eight, we've already had the first game of week eight. Um, 
<laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like two more days and we've got the bulk of week eight. But um, we'll start off with our week seven. And we're starting off with, of course, the Thursday night football game, Denver and Cleveland. <coughs> this was a, a strange game. This was a lot. We came into this thinking this was going to be a lot closer than uh, what it would have been normally just because Baker wasn't playing. Case Keenum was the starting quarterback. <clears throat> um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt both weren't playing. They went into this game, their running backs being Dearness Johnson and Demetrius Felton. Um, basically every player on their roster was questionable heading into this game. There were so many injuries. Everybody that did play was pretty much hampered down with injuries still versus this Denver team that just obviously is a little bit outmatched by Cleveland. Cleveland takes the win, 17-14. to um, Dearness Johnson had a really nice game, 146 rushing yards and a touchdown for him. Um, just the, the running scheme in Cleveland is so good. Um, defensively, obviously, Miles Garrett puts up a sack and a half. We know what Miles Garrett is capable of at any given time. Uh, the rookie, JOK, had a solid game again. Um, and just Cle- Cleveland ekes us out. And it's just it, things look more bleak and bleak for Denver every single game. They started off 3-0, and and since then, they're 0-4. Um, it, it, it's a rough going for Denver. I love Teddy Bridgewater, but... Oh, man, it's been rough. Jerry Judy's been out for a while. Um, it's just Bradley Chubb has been out. It's just it's a rough going for Denver right now. Uh, they're still kind of in a bit of an identity crisis with, you know, are they a passing team? Are they a running team? If they're a running team, are they a Melvin Gordon team? Or are they just a Javante Williams team? I mean, it's just what exactly is this team's identity? They, they've been trying to find it for a while, and they just can't get the job done versus a, a really hampered Cleveland team. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I did not expect the, this outcome, just uh, to be honest. With Case Keenum, as you said, there's so many injuries on the Browns side, uh, but they were able to pull it out. Props to them, honestly. Like, Case Keenum came in, you know, didn't even throw, throw 200 yards because Dearness Johnson just kind of balled. <laughs> he was just, he just, he, that's probably the game, that's probably the game that will define his career. It doesn't look like he's going to be some, you know, Likely, he's not going to be like, you know, some highly sought after free agent that's going to, and he's definitely not going to get to play that much over Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. So, yeah, 146 yards and a touchdown, that's kind of crazy. I'm not even going to lie. But, yeah, that is, that's a really nice game. Yeah, it's unexpected, but uh, it was a close game. I wasn't able to watch it, but definitely seemed uh, not good. I don't think that game would have been too exciting, to be honest with you. <laughs> A lot of running the ball. Looks like it. Yeah. Um, next game we're going to have here is Carolina versus the New York Giants. Um, who would have thought coming into this game that the Giants would spank Carolina 25-3? to 3. Um, Daniel Jones did not have any turnovers in this game, which is obviously his, like, thing. His turnovers. He had, like, 200 yards, a touchdown. Um, no picks, no fumbles. Um, Devontae Booker had a solid game. Um, Aziz Ojulari, the rookie, had a beastly game. He was on my defensive players. He was like my number one defensive player of the week, as well as uh, one of my rookies of the week. As he had five tackles, two and a half sacks, and three tackles for loss for a rookie. Quietly, Aziz Ojulari is pushing, um, making his push for a defensive rookie of the year. Um, Honestly, like everyone loves to say, Michael Parsons, defense rookie of the year, and I mean, I would, I would probably agree, but do not sleep on Aziz Ojolari. This man is having a very, very nice season for sure. Um, 
So he bought out. And then for Carolina, Sam Darnold had a really rough game to start with, and they ended up benching him, um, which is something I definitely did not see coming. They benched Sam Darnold midway through the game in favor of the XFL man, P.J. Walker. Um, neither of them performed particularly well. McCaffrey's still out, obviously. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, you know, not really performing that well. Defensively, they didn't do anything all that special. They just you – know, th- this was all New York all the time. Daniel Jones was really in control of this game. And just the QB situation in Carolina, they were, the both QB struggled so much. It was it was not really possible for Carolina to stay in this one. So. Yeah, Carolina was kind of looking stacked coming into the year. But finally, they're going to get Stephon Gilmore to get in the roster, to get in the lineup this week. And um, hopefully that can uh, revitalize them a little bit because they went from contenders to pretenders real quick. <laughs> True. Um, next, the New York Jets. We can go from the Giants to the Jets. The Jets and the Patriots. And boy, was this <clears throat> an absolute smackdown. Um, <laughs> the Patriots win this 13 to 54. Um, absolute smackdown for New England. Um, the Jets, like I said, were starting Mike White at quarterback, and at, to this point, Mike White had never threw in an NFL pass before. Um. So, obviously, we knew things were going to be a little rough, but we didn't know how rough they were going to be. Um, <coughs> New England, uh, Mac Jones had one of his better games. I believe this is the most passing yards he's had in a game. He had 307 passing yards and two touchdowns, no picks um, on solid completion percentage there as well. Um, and it was just – this was just – this wasn't that interesting of a game. All New England all the time. Uh, the running game was just working. Damian Harris had like 100 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Boston saw a lot of uh, time on the ground as well. Uh, the O-line was dominating. Basically, if there was a facet of New England that could be dominating, they were doing so. So it, there's not much to say about this one. Yes, uh, I agree. This, you, you know, we all know what uh, Bill Belichick can do. To young quarterbacks, make them see ghosts, as they as they say. You know what he can do to someone like, so as unproven as and as like, unexperienced and, quite frankly, like not a very promising <laughs> prospect. You know he can just do that. And the, you know, 54 points, crazy game, but definitely nothing exciting. Yeah. Um. Moving on, Kansas City and Tennessee is a game that I kind of want to talk about. This is a, a very, very weird game. Um, Tennessee destroyed Kansas City, 27-3. If you would have told me in the beginning of the season that Kansas City would have a game where they were fully healthy and they scored three points, I would have bet my life savings that you were a liar. <laughs> and they they did. And let alone, it's a Tennessee defense who isn't even that good. Tennessee's defense is not known for being all that great. And they have Kansas City to three points. I just want to say Patrick Mahomes, something is going on with Patrick Mahomes. Um, He's currently tied for number one in the NFL in interceptions. He had more more interceptions through five games than he did through the entirety of last season. Um, Mm -hmm. Something's going wrong with Mahomes right now. I'm not 100% sure what it is. Their running game is off. Clyde edwards helaire has been His protection is absolute butt. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, their their offensive line has been not good. Obviously, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz are no longer there. They're rocking with Thune and Orlando Brown and 
Uh, Creed Humphrey's actually been very good. Uh, I won't say anything against Creed Humphrey. He's had an amazing rookie season so far. But it's just not looking the same. Their defense is a little bit different. Um, they've got a lot of different personnel defensively. But, like, Derrick Henry is making a monster out of everybody. This is, like, the first game in, like, four games that Derrick Henry has had an absolutely crazy game. And he threw for a touchdown still. Uh, you cannot hear three yeah. for a touchdown to the tight end, Michael Pruitt. And I guess we didn't mention this was national, uh, Sunday was national tight end day. So every time a tight end caught a touchdown pass or something, like it was everywhere. So Michael, Michael Pruitt or Michael Pruitt, however you say, it, caught a touchdown from Derrick Henry. Um, and yeah, Tennessee was just clicking on all cylinders. It was weird because Tennessee started off the season like rough. They, like, barely won a game they should have won handily, and then they lost to the Jets, and then it's like, they started off really rough, but since then, they've been amazing. They've been beating good teams. They just came out here and destroyed Kansas City. A.J. Brown had himself a really nice game. Defensively, Denico Autry had a, had a nice game. He's kind of, or not Denico Autry, I'm sorry, Harold Landry had a really good game. Harold Landry's been having a really good season um, in general. Full respect to him. Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah, Tennessee comes out here, and it's just like, when do we pull the panic button if we're Kansas City fans? When are we like, what's going on in Kansas City? They're, they have a losing record. <clears throat> when do we look at Kansas City and, like, panic? Like, I, I really don't know what that point is. Or we're like, okay, something is really wrong with Patrick Mahomes. Like, something is really wrong with these Chiefs. I don't know when we have to pull that point. When we pull the point, it's like Tennessee is a real threat. So, I, I yeah. don't Yeah, I'm not sure, like, Patrick Mahomes is playing hero ball a lot right now. Um, Super Super Bowl loss fatigue, I think, is a real thing. I really think it is. And it's kind of coming into play right now. Um, He suffered a little bit of an injury, but, like, he wasn't playing that good before the injury. So, uh, Chad Henney came in and uh, also did not do anything crazy. But it's like, the thing, I think Travis Kelsey is not having the great year that he's that he had last year either. And um I don't know if that's because of Patrick Mahomes or if if it's messing up so with like if it's the other way around. I don't know if Travis Kelsey's not playing that well and then it's leading to uh, other people not getting open. I, I I hate to be that guy. I think it's probably more Patrick Mahomes' fault. I haven't I was only able to watch the one Chiefs game and they won. <laughs> so um that was like a while ago now, and it, it's hard to tell, but it, they've got to fix some. And I, their defense is like really, really horrible. Their defense is like historically bad. It's like historically to the bad, to the point where like it's it had it's like probably more re- realistic to expect it to get better before it gets worse, like or continues to be this bad because they're like so bad. It's like against probability <laughs> it's like it, it's horrible like, the defense is playing absolutely awful so they need to pick up the defense frank clark is doing absolutely nothing <laughs> just in general but yeah i i'm with you there i don't know what the point is where you start to panic a little bit about the chiefs for me we're we're basically there but i'm also you know i am no football uh, you know professional analyst and if the Chiefs come, turn around, then, like, I believe it. You know, Patrick Mahomes can do stuff that is, you know, insane, and we've seen it happen before. There's no Mahomes slander coming here. 
it's definitely just been a rough stretch of games for him and that Chiefs team in general. Um, Washington Green Bay, not much to say about this one. Green Bay takes the win, twenty-four to ten. Not exactly what they were supposed to do. Um, Gibson should not be playing. That's what I'm going to say. Um, Antonio Gibson is so clearly hurt. Just get him off the field, like please. Every time he like touches the ball, you can just tell that he's injured. It's so blatantly obvious that this man should not be playing in a football game right now. Just just rest him, please. You're, they're literally playing him. He's so injured that he's doing terrible, and J.D. McKissick is getting the majority of the snap count. It's like, just just take him out of the game. Put him out of his misery. He's so obviously hurt. Just let him rest for a little bit, and then get your running back back in a little bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Aaron Rodgers does his thing. Devontae Adams does his thing. Devontae Campbell, Campbell had a really good game, as well as Rashawn Gary. Um and yeah, uh, Green Bay is potentially the best team in football. Um, they're playing like the best team in football. I'll say that, or one of two teams that are playing. Them and Arizona are playing like the two best teams in football. I would say right now. So mm-hmm. I agree. Kyler yeah, Murray, insane. But also, yeah. also too, yeah, the Green Bay Packers are looking like they're coming back for their last dance with a vengeance. <laughs> Patrick, I'm not Patrick Mahomes. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's just been kind of in his bag recently, just um, playing with a lot of confidence, playing like he did last year in his MVP level. Uh, he didn't have some crazy games like stat-wise versus uh, Washington, but you know he got it done 24 to 10, and they're clicking. Green Bay is clicking right now. True, true. Um. Atlanta-Miami, this is another team that I think we might need to pull the panic button on is the Miami Dolphins. Um, Atlanta wins this one 30-28. Um, it was a great – Kyle Pitts went off in this game. Um, he had – where is it? Seven receptions for 163 yards. <clears throat> he absolutely went off in this one. Um, Cordero Patterson had a really good game. This is another thing to monitor. Uh, Cordero Patterson is basically – 100% taken over uh, Mike Davis' starting running back role. <laughs> yeah. He got the vast majority of the of the snaps this this week. Um, <clears throat> and in Miami, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. Every game, Tua throws a terrible interception. <laughs> Every single game, Tua has a terrible turnover. And it sucks to watch because he has really good games. It's just marred by one turnover. He always like he's been actually playing pretty well. It just gets like his he just has one like a really costly turnover every single game, and it's so frustrating to me. Um, they're still a little bit hampered with injuries, especially in the receiving core. Um, Gaskin is playing. They're utilizing Gaskin so inconsistently because Miles Gaskin is a good player. They just like are giving him the most inconsistent snaps like ever. It's just so strange to watch. Defensively, we know what Miami's capable of. They're just not living up to it. And I'm, I think I'm pulling the panic button on Miami. I don't think Miami's going to turn this around. Um, there's so many rumors now about Tua. Tua's morale has to be through the floor at this point. Um, I, I don't even know. I, I'm pulling the panic button on Miami. I don't think they can turn this ship around. Tua is just... They're putting so much pressure on Tua and simultaneously like criticizing him and saying they need to trade him. They don't know how to utilize Gaskin. They're just uh, – I don't even know what to do with Miami at this point. <clears throat> yeah, Miami's defense was so good like last year. <laughs> and um, 
sadly they have not they have not been the same force this year. But their offense too has been kind of but <laughs> Tua, yeah, as you said, Tua, he hasn't been playing bad, but he's not playing like consistent enough to be able to like really get a lot going. And yeah, Miles Gaskins is like he has not uh, been hugely promising this uh, this year, but I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm completely gonna hit the panic button, but I'm definitely getting there. Like as you would say. They're just – they're not looking good. <laughs> like, just the eye test of Miami is so bad. Um, like, just to me, they just look like they're they're in a tough spot right now. And um, if they don't turn around soon, then they're uh, – then I don't think they're getting out. Mm. Yeah, same. They're digging themselves in a hole right now. Yeah. This next game is a crazy game. Cincinnati and Baltimore. Um this was the fight for the AFC North. Winner um, would be the leader of the NFC, or the AFC North. And Cincinnati came out and played the best game I've seen Cincinnati play in a good five or six years. Cincinnati came out and crushed Baltimore, 41-17. to 17. Um, Joe Burrow had probably the best game of his career. Uh, 23 for 38 for 416 yards and three touchdowns. He had a pick, but the pick wasn't costly, really. It was just like a garbage time, like interception where he just threw up a floater and it was a bad, and it was just like a little wobbly and it got picked. And, you know, it, it mars the stat sheet, but <clears throat> he had an amazing game. But Jamar Chase, oh my oh goodness, my Jamar Chase, eight receptions, 201 receiving yards and a touchdown for a rookie. A rookie. Can we say that Jamar Chase is like probably the greatest rookie receiver I've ever seen? Can can we say that? I the greatest rookie we've ever that. seen. The greatest rookie receiver. And we've been around for Justin Jefferson. And we've been around for um, Odell Beckham Jr. The rookie year, and those two were amazing. And I think mm-hmm. I think Jamar Chase is going to live up to like the same as them, the same level as them. I think he could be better than them. Holy moly, is this dude amazing? Um, I would like to say that when I when I created my top ten players in ten years from now list, I would just like to mention that I think I put Jamar Chase as the number one wide receiver five years from now. And I, I think that my prediction is actually looking like it could turn out um, semi half decent. <clears throat> I just want to say, and I said that before Jamar Chase was even in the league. So I just want to, I want to put that out there. I was proud of myself for that. But Jamar Chase, you know, there was all the stuff coming out early season. Can he even catch a football? You know, the, the preseason, he can't even catch the ball. Jamar Chase is like maybe the greatest rookie receiver we've ever seen. Um, this dude mm-hmm. is insane. Insane. Um, yeah. We were both kind of hating on the pick. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. During draft time. And I got, I got to admit, that was a little bit of an L because he has been amazing so far. And yeah, he, no drop issues. He's just, he's a ticking time bomb. Like he's going to have like a couple big plays per game because he's just so electric like that. You know, yeah. props to him. He's, he's proven the doubters wrong. True, true. Um, and CJ Uzoma had two touchdowns in this game. Uh, Sam Hubbard had a really nice game. He had, where is it? Two t- five tackles, two and a half sacks, and two tackles for loss for Sam Hubbard. And just they were just getting everything they wanted, honestly. And I never thought I'd hear them say that. I would never think for one a rookie 
putting up 200 yards and a touchdown against Marlon Humphrey. Like the most, one of the most physical corners in the game. Like, <clears throat> holy moly. Jamar Chase is an otherworldly talent. Joe Burrow gets better every week. Joe Burrow is like a top, potentially like a top 12 quarterback at this point. Um, this Bengals team is scary. I predict them to get like five and like five and eleven or like six and ten or something, and I think, or six, I guess it would be five and twelve or six and eleven or something, and like they are now leading the AFC North. And as a mm-hmm. Pittsburgh fan, as a Pittsburgh fan, I am scared to see what the next ten years are going to look like <laughs> yeah. at this point in this division because we are now going for the next ten years up against. Lamar Jackson's Ravens, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's Bengals, and uh, Miles Garrett's Cleveland Browns. So I am worried about what the next 10 years are going to look like. But holy moly, is Cincinnati off a of park right now? Definitely. And you did, you put um, Jamar Chase, number six in the NFL, ahead <laughs> of the likes of Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, Mike Evans, and Chase Young, but behind Trevor Lawrence, TJ Watt. Christian McCaffrey, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. So you're you're my Trevor Lawrence pick isn't looking that great, but my Jamar Chase pick is looking good. Kyler Murray's been playing super well too. Yeah, is that TJ Watt? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's two comments on here. C Mac will have a lot of size, a lot of wear and tear. Didn't somebody trash on me for saying I had for having Jamar? Yeah, Jamar is an undersized wide receiver with no legit speed or legit route running. Mike Evans, huh? I'm going to comment. I'm going to reply to his comment and say, this aged well. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I do remember. I remember that because I said Jamar Chase and somebody was, I remember that dude that was on there like, Jamar Chase sucks. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. And I was like, all right, buddy. All right, buddy. That's a, that's a take that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Episode 200, go back on our, <laughs> our best yep. takes. I might put Jamar Chase take in there. <laughs> it's working out well so far. It is. It is. But um, the next game is just—it's it, not too interesting. Lions versus Rams. Matt Stafford's return, and he has a really nice game and beats the Lions 28 to 19. This was a game they were supposed to win. Nothing too special to say. You know, Goff did not perform that well. Uh, Stafford did Stafford type things. And had a really, really nice game in his return home. Uh, 334 yards and three touchdowns for him. Really nice game. Cooper Cup continued to um, have his dominant season, 156 yards and two touchdowns on 10 receptions for Cooper Cup. And the Rams just kind of put the beat down on the lines. There's not too much to say there. Cooper Cup is going crazy. Absolutely ballistic right now. He's... Like he, I have him in fantasy, and he is caring. Like he's just dropping like thirty a night, <laughs> and like he's I don't know. He, him and uh, Matt Stafford was not the pair I expected to do as well, but um, clearly they're putting that talent to use. It's good to see Cooper Cup uh, really be able to take off with a with a good quarterback. So yeah. Um, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> Next game, another one that's not too too interesting. Philly and Vegas. <clears throat> Vegas wins this thirty-three to twenty-two. <clears throat> I just want to say Jalen Hurts is the number two quarterback in all fantasy football. 
and like 90% of his points come in garbage time. Like when it matters, Jalen Hurts does not do that good. But then like once it's over, once Philly's down by like 20 points, that's when Jalen Hurts is like, I'm going to turn up and get two rushing touchdowns. Like that's what always happens in Philly. But anyway, Miles Sanders was not able to get anything going. Obviously he was hurt. Gainwell and Scott both got more, a higher percentage of the snap count there. Um, Defensively, Philly looked not good. Derek Carr absolutely kind of dotted them up. Derek Carr's been having such a really nice game. Um, I've been mentioning snap count for one, which is like very frequently. I just saw like an Instagram post basically today that was just talking about like the snap, the running back snap, like a fantasy football account. There's like the running back snap count about of every team this like this week, and I just found it really interesting. Kenyon Drake got a, got more snaps than Josh Jacobs this week. Hmm. Um, that was strange to me. But anyway, we know that Vegas, what Derek Carr is capable of, another guy that's, you know, fringe top 12 quarterback, something like that. Um, really, really nice, really, really good quarterback there. And he just absolutely dotted up this uh, Philly defense. Um, or, yeah. Philly was not able to get anything going, and it was not that close until the end when Jalen Hurts' garbage time came into play. Um, and they still lost by 11, so not that interesting. Yeah, I concur. Um, 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 Houston and Arizona. <coughs> Arizona destroys Houston uh, 31-5. I want to say this is the first time in NFL history that the score has finished 31-5. Um, just want to let that be known. Oh, um, yeah, Scorigami right there. Um, another one that's just, you know, there's nothing really to say about it. It was a beatdown. Kyler Murray is, you know, probably the MVP frontrunner at this point, doing Kyler Murray-type things. Um, the defense held up. You know, you're you're facing Davis Mills as Texans. Uh, don't get too cocky. Jonathan Greener had a nice game. Jonathan Greener was our rookie of the year for the Texans last season, and we were like, who is Jonathan Greener? And we both had him as the rookie of the year, and he's doing really well this year. He has like five sacks already. Yeah, two, yeah, two sacks today. Or yeah, this is like week. a second like multiple sack week. And him and Davis Mills with that big old neck are doing really good. Yeah, or Maybe not Davis Mills as much, but I just wanted to say he got that big old neck because it's funny. Yeah, true, true. Um, <laughs> he, his neck is actually like ridiculously big. I don't understand why. Neither do I. It looks comically large. It's like he, the dude's a freaking giraffe out there. But um, next game, another absolute smackdown: Tampa Bay versus Chicago. Tampa Bay wins thirty-eight to three. Justin Fields had a terrible week and i mean terrible he threw three interceptions and had three fumbles <laughs> this that was like the worst performance i've seen of a quarterback but to be fair it's not not like his o-line was helping him out to be fair it's not like his receiver core was helping him out not like his defense was helping him out um the bucks destroyed um, mike evans <clears throat> had only 76 yards but three touchdowns um leonard fournette had a crazy game antonio brown had a really nice game um, obviously Brady was doing Brady type things. The old line just uh, uh, this was another game like um, <clears throat> the New England game that we talked about. Where just if there was a facet that 
Tampa Bay could be winning in, they were winning in it. It, it was a beatdown. They just disrupted Justin Herbert so much that there was not much for the rookie to do. They were hitting him every other play. That There wasn't much that he could have done. Yeah, it was not even close. It was a, a dominant performance, to say the least. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Indy and San Francisco, this was actually coming into it, like, <clears throat> potentially, like, my game of the week. Um, I actually predicted San Francisco to win. Um, San Francisco is just the kings of, of losing to, like, good teams. Like, losing, like, semi-close games to good teams. Um, they lost to Indy 30-18. to Carson Wentz had a really nice, like, a really efficient game. Like, 200-something yards, two touchdowns, no picks. People have not talked about Carson Wentz enough this season. I just want to come out and say that. He's had a very efficient year. Um, he is, I saw, like, the this thing, and he's, like, of every quarterback in the league, he is, like, the state, like, he has the lowest percentage of, like, high-risk plays. Mm-hmm. Like, so like different the, from last year. I know, last season, like, just in the Philadelphia culture, where he just had to be the superhero every play, he comes to ending, he has, the, like, the lowest in the league percentage of, like, plays that are, like, close to being picked, or plays that are, like, oh, that was a risky play. He has the lowest percentage of those plays. So Wentz has just been so, so efficient mm-hmm. this year. Um, and they started off really poorly, but now that, you know, guys like T.Y. Hilton are back, um, we're starting to see them them pick it up a little bit. And we're seeing, you know, what we kind of thought we were going to be seeing. And they've got a couple straight wins, and they've been playing really well. <coughs> San Francisco, we came in early in the season. We were like, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well. And then he got hurt, and Trey Lance came in and played really well. Um, and now it's like the opposite spectrum. Like both of them are not looking too hot. Um, Elijah Mitchell is looking good, actually. Elijah Mitchell put up 107 yards and a touchdown um, on the ground. Obviously, we know Debo Samuel still doing his thing. They, they still don't have George Kittle back in the lineup, I don't believe. Um, defensively, we know what this team is capable of. It's just, it's just the quarterback situation, really. Uh, Debo Samuel's blossoming, but it's just Jimmy G is yeah. not playing well. But it's not Trey Lance time because they they started Trey Lance the one game and he just had a really rough game. So it's still we still want Jimmy G in there, the experienced guy. We I we still still feel like he's gonna be the better guy in the lineup. But it's just he's not he's having a bit of a rough patch right now. Um, the O line struggling a little bit. Kittle's still out. It's just a lot of different factors, but mainly the quarterback is coming into it. And, and Indy's hitting their stride. Carson Wentz is playing really well. Jonathan Taylor is amazing. Um, and and the receivers are – a lot of those receivers are playing to a really high level right now. Mo Ali Cox is stepping up his game a lot at the tight end. So Indy's hitting their stride, and San Francisco is kind of going through a rough patch right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was able to watch a good bit of the game. <coughs> And um, San Francisco, it was an ugly game. It was an ugly game. The weather was bad. But um, neither team was really able to get much going on the ground or in the air, to be honest. Um, and Jonathan Taylor and um, Elijah Mitchell had the same exact stat line, which is really interesting. Yeah, I did see that. <clears throat> it was in the same game. I was like, because I wrote, mm-hmm. when I do my players of the week, I kind of go through every game. 
and I put any player that's like a potential player of the week and I write them all down on like a notes thing and then I like mark them and then I'd see which ones are my top five favorites and I wrote them down and I was like, wait, did I screw up? And I went to like the ESPN app and or the NFL app and I was like clicking between the two and it was like not changing at all. And I was like, huh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting actually. <laughs> but um, in the last game, Monday Night Football, New Orleans and Seattle – I feel really bad for Seattle because they're a good football team. It's just Russell Wilson is hurt. And I never thought I'd hear myself say that because this was like the first time Russell Wilson has ever missed any time is this season. But he, he destroyed his finger and he's been out ever since. And Geno Smith is just not able to keep things going. Um, <clears throat> I saw this thing and it was like the duality of man. It's like, it's like the Saints absolutely like destroying Green Bay in week one for no reason. And now like being in the fight of their lives to beat Geno Smith. Um, and it was just kind of funny. They only yeah. won by three points. It was such a close game. Alvin Kamara absolutely carried the Saints. Had like 150 total yards and a touchdown. Um, absolutely doing his thing. <clears throat> Winston had a semi-efficient game, actually. Um, but it's just, it, when you're in Seattle, DK Metcalf had a crazy long touchdown. But when you, in, if you're Seattle, it boils down to Geno Smith. And Geno Smith is really struggling. Um He's just not able to keep this this offensive float. Uh, Chris Carson is on the injury reserve still. We're still rolling with Alex Collins and Rashad Penny. Um, and it, it's just a little rough. They're still having issues in the pass rushing game, which is the same thing, same issues they were having last season. Um, Pete Werner, actually, the rookie for New Orleans, had a solid game. He had like nine tackles or so. Um, and it, it's still tough for Jameis because he still doesn't have any good receivers. He's still having to throw to Alvin Kamara so much because Michael Thomas isn't back, and he's rolling with Traquan Smith, uh, freaking Deontay Harris, uh, Marquez Callaway, Adam Troutman, Juwan Johnson. Like, just not a good receiving court. He's still having to rely so heavily on Alvin Kamara that it's we're not really seeing like the James that we know and love being unleashed. Yeah, that's either 30 and 30, James Winston. I want to see some deep bombs from James Winston, but um, we're, we're probably going to have to wait at least a couple more weeks because I know Tom still hasn't even started practicing yet. But, yeah, New Orleans 13, Seattle 10. You got any thoughts? Yeah. Um, and that? Yeah, this was this was a close game. And like you said, AK just <clears throat> went off. He did. He did. Um that's going to be the end of our of our the games that we have there. Um, there were a bunch. Mm-hmm. There were like eight teams on by, so we got a couple of less, like four less games than usual. Um, and yeah, that's what we got here for you on our on our uh, yeah. week seven analysis. It was a little bit late. Um, we've been out for so long. We had so much news, and it, we're we got to be a little late on our week seven. Um, we'll have our week eight to you out hopefully next week. And uh, yeah, it's been a good one. Huh? Yeah. Happy to be back. The, the plan is to resume normal Colton and Joshua recording. Yes. Um, yeah. Welcome back to the Colton and Joshua grind. And it is it is very late. I'm not even. In the words I'm, in the words of Joseph. If you have any parting words, I will bid you adieu. I have a little bit of parting words, and I just want to say, in the words of Joseph O'Connell, women everywhere rejoice when the Colton and Joshua grind returns. That's that's yes, sir. You know. that's, like, that's all I have to say. We post. I post this thing like mm, seven o'clock in the morning, and I almost instantly there are thousands of women 
thousands banging on the door trying not to get in. Not one thousand, multiple the thousands. Of women. <laughs> the foundation thousands. of Joe's house is like being ripped to shreds. Like the yeah, cinder block true. foundation is it's, like it's not- being pulled out of the ground by these crazed women. Yeah. Now, for me, that's pretty. It's a pretty nice feeling. For you, though. You have to try to resist all these women. I understand that's a little bit harder for you, but I can, I can uh, embrace the female. Oh, Joe embraces the females. I got my, I got my nice lady back home. I think I'll, I'll choose my lady over the thousands of women. Joe's a bachelor, though. Yeah, that's Joe, very nice of you, actually. Joe opens the door I'm, and I'm takes all the thousands. Yeah, so. That's all the thousand ladies in. And they feed him grapes. Yeah, feed him grapes out by his bed. I get to know them. Yeah, I get the <laughs> palm tree. <laughs> they, they fan me. Yes. Yes, they fan him, and he lays with, like, his one leg up on the chair and gets hand-fed grapes. Yes. And I set up a hammock. I set up a hammock in the... <laughs> yeah, that's why we waited, actually. That's why we haven't recorded in so long, because it's not the whole grind. It's only when the grind resumes. So we have to stop the grind for a little bit, just so Joe can get his treatment every once in a while. Yes, sir. You already know. That's, that's actually, yeah. Uh, it's the. Sometimes you have to balance the uh, the pros and cons of yeah. it. Miss a little bit of Colton and Joe show, but when the grind resumes, I just get unlimited women for a couple weeks. So it's really yeah. nice. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it sucks that you guys don't get to listen to us for a little while, but just know that, like, <clears throat> it's for the greater good, you know? It's for the greater good. A couple weeks off, Joe's Joe's going to be swimming in ladies in just a couple weeks, so. Mm-hmm. Um, they come to my house and I send them Joe's address. <clears throat> yeah. Give them my phone number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. With, with that being said, with that being said, um. I really, I actually do. I hope this Colton and Josh episode acts as like the most awesome, perfect segue to the most perfect, awesome weekend of your life. Agreed. That's a little bit of parallelism in my sentence there, but mm. in AP language and composition. Mm, good man. I don't think good I did man. it right, but hey, <laughs> you guys, you guys heard it here first. I'm getting that education <laughs> grind though, I feel you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I will be back with you soon from us here at the Colton and Josh show. We are. Peace.